I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast, your favorite podcast about swallowing. Because that's what this episode's about. I've told about two or three people thus far we recorded this not too long ago about the swallowologist yeah the swallowologist they all had the same expression which was like what tell me more and it was badass we so we we love recording every episode with everyone that it goes on our guests on our show and this one our mind is like we've actually had a lot of guests like this recently where we could be on the we were like can we just hang out with you for like five hours i have so many questions and this is so interesting because it's coming so this is dr ianessa humbert coming from a swallowologist's perspective meaning like more of the research behind swallowing and swallowing conditions but she also is now working in the intimacy side so this isn't just about swallowing cum and stuff okay everyone oh she's a phd she has so much knowledge to share and it's very much about you know the intimacy side of things of of sex oral sex you know what happens when our we have an aversion to oral sex what happens when our tongue on our lips in our throats um, and ways to work with this and it's so fucking interesting i was like how do I become a swallowologist? Well, <laughs> it would take a lot of uh, 25 years of yeah, school seriously. from now until then. Yeah. And I need you here. So yeah, I'm not going to do that. Let's just have Ianessa back. Uh, Ianessa will come back. Doctor. Doctor. Humbert. Also actually. knows Dr. Swallow. Dr. Swallow. <laughs> I yes. Love it. So yeah, stay tuned. Fucking awesome episode. I can't say fuck enough. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Okay. So we have a couple of announcements before we do the sex question. Number one is about our beloved Fabienne Anique, who is guesting on her show episodes 260 and 284. Very much about her nerding out on men's sexuality because that's her primary demographic of who she works with. Very much about how to be like most badass lover self. In general, whenever I hang out with her, I feel more healed. I know. She's and so awesome. Because she is a friend, a dear friend of ours. Yeah. And every time I just spend time with her, I love her. And she's so fucking powerful. Yes. And I've actually met penis owning folks that have worked with her and said it was so powerful for them, like life-changing for them. So I we can't praise Fabienne's work enough. And she has a sexual self-mastery for men, so for penis owning folks, a 12-week training in erotic artistry and embodied sexual technique that will only be started be starting only in a few days everyone like if you're listening to this podcast on the tuesday it's released i believe it starts the friday and this is may 16th i believe so this um, is may 16th so, so it, i think it starts may 19th wow so, so, so get it get it jump get on it because she probably only has a limited number of spots because yeah. what she does is very specific it's it's curated and she cares about each individual so deeply that yeah. she probably can't take a lot of people totally. i don't know how many she didn't give us a number but she's a master but like, a master can only take on so much so you yes. can learn to become a brilliant long-lasting lover through live calls, hours of video trainings, and epic guided practices with Fabienne, a well-trained woman who's devoted to supporting men and couples in their sex lives. And also, just so you know, if you sign up, use coupon code SHAMELESS, you get $100 off sexual self-mastery, this this 12-week course, beginning on May 19th, so go get it now. Remember like the crickets? Get it, get it. 
get it. No. <laughs> I told you about that. No. I heard crickets and I thought that they were, when they were chirping, they said, get it. Get it. Oh, get that's it. adorable. <laughs> I I could see frogs. You know where like we're gonna hearing hear, that with frogs. We're gonna hear crickets. Where when we're in Costa Rica. <laughs> Costa Rica. No, then we'll hear frogs, oh, frogs. and monkeys and all sorts of in- toucans. Oh, toucans. And we are gonna be in Costa Rica, everyone, in November. Sign up because it's for we are we're calling in our vulva owning friends out there that love shameless sex. We've already had several signups. Yep. Actually, quite a it's, few. It's very limited. And spaces. a lot of interest. And we are making this a very intimate. Um, it's going to be like building besties. And it's yes. luxurious. It's super luxurious. We've got a chef. We've got uh, the beach access like 10 minutes away. All kinds of workshops with us. Yes. And we might Fun do Factory a- is sponsoring yeah, this. Yeah, you free you're, sex toys. You're going to get a bunch of curated sex toys for you. So um, that'll that it's like a basket worth like, I don't know, five or 600 bucks. It's probably closer to 600, but... Um, yeah. You also get, I mean, we're going to be hanging out. Yeah. We're going to cool. do a waterfall excursion. We will maybe do a twerk shop. Who knows? Might do a erotic photography session where we can take photos of you and your most erotic self, but whatever you want. You can be fully clothed. That's cool too. All we're kinds just of fun stuff. Fun. Yeah. It's going to have fun. If you want to just go on a retreat, connect with yourself, connect with really cool humans, go to shamelesssex.com, check it out. You can sign up and you'll get a rundown of our itinerary. It's general right now. We're going we're gonna to get more specific the closer it gets. November does seem far away. But I just realized that it's not as far away as I thought. So like, sign up. November already? Oh and God. there's even payment options. So if you yeah. want to split it up into three payments, you can. But each place, each room, you have plenty of space to unwind, relax. You have a balcony. You have a view. And I think the healing that you'll have just being in paradise alone. Costa Rica is one of my favorite places in the world. And mm. this spot is incredible. I've never been there. But and there are no crickets inside there, everyone. I can't actually guarantee no, that. But. Uh, well, it's wildlife. We can all immense, immense, yes. immerse ourselves like April with Sega. immense love of animals. And each other. And uh, each other. Go to shamelesssex.com. There's a banner there and it'll have a video that you can watch to get a feel for it. We only have Yes, a limited amount of spots left. I will say that. Do it. All right, ready for a sex question? Chip. It's a quick yes, one. Yes, we're going to get quick. My wife of 10 years and I used to have great sex and a lot of it for years, but things have changed. How do I get back the spark? It's always been the same vibrator or sex toy or sex or blowjob. I have so many ideas and want to do so much more, but I don't know how to bring it up without making her feel pressured. Oh, that same thing. Just same, same, same. No wonder the sex isn't very exciting. The thing is, we have so we work with a lot of folks out there that have tools for this, and I would say the Dipsy app, mm-hmm. OMGS, and yeah. if it's on, okay, so it, it's obviously not the his responsibility, the partner. I, I believe I don't know. Actually, I don't know gender. However, it's not on the partner's responsibility to bring the wife pleasure even though they've been together 10 years they can work together if they're in this partnership for pleasure together that use some of the tools that are out there though but she has to want it the yeah. wife has to want it yeah you can't make this decision for this person you, you obviously don't want to pressure them but you so the question is like how do you kind of inspire them and so you're doing the same sex the same blowjob and the same sex toys and what April shared, like Dipsy and OMGS, these are all about variety. Like OMGS is about learning different ways of touching because we get used to the same thing over and over again. Even if it gives us the orgasm, it could get really boring. So how do you convey that to your partner? Not like I'm super bored because that would feel really offensive to them, but it would convey the importance of wanting to experience more variety with them. 
in and out of the bedroom, but with them and not because there's something wrong. It's because you want to enhance the connection. It's because you want to go from good to great. And that's a really helpful selling point. Because if you, if you say it's a problem and I'm bored as fuck, they're going to probably close down. But if you're like, I just want to be great with you and I want to do it with you. Can we try a couple of things? Um, April and I often talk about the yes, no, maybe list. So yeses are things that you want to try. This could be from different sex making toys, them positions. together too. is really well, cool. Ma- you making them separate coming together. Yeah. Or making them together too with the things you want. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Either way. You can put them together or do it at the same time and obviously not going to do the no's, right? So, but like the maybes are something you might try and the yeses like we both want to try. And this could be everything from positions, type of types of sex, tantric sex, kinky sex. Threesomes. You, I want to play with a little bit of, or maybe it's cam sex, or right? Or anal. Or, or yes. Yeah. Or I want to have mutual masturbation. Really, like fantasize about what sex we could have yeah. maybe not try that maybe sex not even out do it. yeah right. yeah there's so many possibilities and if you need Ooh. ideas then you can listen to or look at just the topics the titles of our podcast and it'll give you some ideas you don't even have to listen to the whole episode but listen to the whole episode and also the sex toy thing i'd say like the same vibrator you know i used to be someone that would always go for the same vibrator and these days i think i go for like i have three that are my kind of go-tos but it depends on my mood and that excites me though because i'm not using the same one every time so i have three that i know that work really well for me depending on how i feel i think april i think you have two to three too that you like kind of navigate i do but i i recently your new favorite well this is what happens though i thought i was stuck with the same products all the time. I was like, these are the, my go-tos. And when I just tried the Fun Factory Vim, yeah. that changed my whole magic it's wand VIM. thing. It's it's amazing. VIM, it is. And, and uh, now I I love how quiet it is. I love the, the feeling of it in my hand. But that came from me opening up mm-hmm. my my regularity into trying something outside of my norm like my brain going no reach for that one and I was like I'm gonna try this one but now so now that you've added something new when you use it because it's new right now it's kind of exciting right it's completely exciting it's that simple like you add something new that works right and sometimes we try things that don't work and so and to give them one to two tries two to three sorry two to three tries you can phase them out but if you have at least a couple things then it makes things more exciting because you just move through them whenever it feels right and not just be like all you do it is do is do it this way with this toy and if you need to go and try some of this variety you can go to purepleasureshop.com they even have the vim vim and you can use coupon code shameless sex to get 15 percent off now just la- also if they sign up for our newsletter we have like 60 oh, yeah. plus we we've been developing that list of creative ways, ways to spice to, up your sex yeah. life uh-huh. for years yeah, shamelesssex.com yes you and you free. just sign up for our newsletter and we actually do not email that frequently and like once every six months once every six months so it's it's not a huge uh it's not going to be a huge commitment there yeah but you will receive our list of things that are fun can activate your creativity can activate your sex life no matter if you're in a long-term partnership or short tour short twerm i'm a short twerm twerking well and also most of them are free meaning like it doesn't cost money to do those things it's like things that you can try at home and get creative and some are about toys so and then, yeah, if you want to go and try any of these stories out, like we said, pure pleasure, go try things out, give it a couple of tries. Um, and the last thing I wanted to say, though, is um, another way to bring this up to your partner is saying that they're, you know, you could say you listen to this episode. I don't know if you're open about listening to Shameless Sex, but I listened to an episode and, and I heard about a couple of things and I'm curious about trying them. What do you think? Um, and also, hey, let's go. Are you open to going to a sex shop? in you know in your area or an online sex shop and browsing together to see what looks interesting to try new things and then you could decide from there and make it a we thing instead of like a you figure it out or i'm gonna figure it out thing make it fun and it seems 
like the potential is there to bring it back. Everything in relationships ebb and flow, friendships, partnerships, work relationships ebb and flow. You're going to have your ups and your downs. It's a matter of bringing it back and no one's ever going to do every single thing you want them to do because we're humans and we change. So remember that. And I would say you can get that spark back. It might just take some time and effort and willingness on both ends of this. Yes. Uh, Everyone needs to be on board. Yep. And it can be so fun. Yeah. Like it's like an adventure. Yeah. And going to a sex shop is actually quite fun. Yeah, it doesn't mean you have to be into everything. No. You know, like you don't have to be like, oh yeah, for sure, that that big, you know, you could try strap it once on too. Thing. You might yeah. be like, I got this under the bed restraint system yeah. and we put it on or the sex toy, the, the door swing. Why am I doing a lot of voice? I can't. Well, the twor- the we twor- need to do our practice we with need our lips. Practice. Also okay. known as swallowologist. The, do- the door <laughs> swing though, the door swing, that, that thing is cool. There's so many, okay, just go check out purepleasureshop.com and I think you'll find something to spice it up after your wife eh. also says she's into it and stay tuned for this episode because it's awesome this is right okay so you ready for the bio yeah Ianessa Humbert, PhD, is a world-renowned scientist, professor, intimacy coach, highly sought-after speaker on swallowing and swallowing disorders, and co-creator of The Gulp Group. Dr. Humbert, a.k.a. Dr. Swallow's innovative expertise extends beyond the medical side of swallowing to the wonderful world of intimacy and has been featured on popular media outlets such as the Oprah Winfrey Network. To learn more, visit eanessahumbert.com. All right, everyone, it's interview time, and we are here with Dr. Ianessa Humbert, also known as Dr. Humbert, also known as Dr. Swallow. Guess what? She's a swallowologist. Have you ever heard of that? Probably not, Chip, have you? No, well, now I now, have yeah. because uh, <laughs> I was obsessed with the that, I mean, that title That's is amazing. incredible. And, so. and there's, so there's a lot of information. You already heard a little bit about Yanessa in the bio. Um, and of course, this is going to go to like a sexual context because it's shameless sex. Um, and a lot of Ianessa's work, also known as uh, Dr. Swallow. So what Dr. Swallow's work is very much... It's uh, not about birds, not about swallows. It's not birds. about swallows no. and birds, no. And it's not just about swallowing in a sexual context. It's, it's very much also about like the medical side of that. And I'm sure we'll hear more about that and how it also relates to sexuality. Um, so get ready to learn all about oral sex and using your mouth and swallowing and all kinds of fun. And also some things that you... Well, the whole thing will be things you probably didn't know. So without further ado, let's dive on in. So Ianessa, Dr. Swallow, Dr. Humber, we're so happy to have you here. Can you please tell our listeners how you got to where you are today as a world-renowned swallowologist? Absolutely. First of all, thank you both so much for asking me to be on this podcast. I was really excited about the title um, because I think the key thing here is literally shameless. And I'll tell you guys why that plugs into my profession soon. But uh, let me start by answering your question. My name is Dr. Ianessa Humbert, and uh, my background professionally is in speech language pathology. Speech pathology is the profession that primarily deals with people who have issues with communication and feeding. And by virtue of dealing with feeding, we deal with everything from premature babies and people with cerebral palsy who have issues with feeding, all the way to people who have a stroke, Alzheimer's disease, head and neck cancer, um, trauma to their neck, they take medicines, et cetera, that lead to swallowing disorders. 
Swallowing disorders mean that you have significant problem getting food from your mouth to your stomach. We primarily focus on the mouth and throat, and then a lot of other disciplines pick up at the esophagus, the stomach, the intestines, et cetera. So we are the primary specialist dealing with people who have swallowing disorders, also known as dysphagia, which is Greek for swallowing disorders. So I got into this field because I have three degrees in speech pathology, my bachelor's, master's, and PhD, and I specialized in swallowing physiology and the way the brain controls swallowing. And then after doing that work at Howard University and the National Institutes of Health, I then moved on to do my postdoctoral fellowship at Wisconsin-Madison. Then I was on faculty at School of Medicine at Hopkins, University of Florida, University of Iowa. And then I left academia to create an online platform where I train speech pathologists on how to best treat their patients. And it's like, you know, the best way to describe it is called swallowing Netflix, but everybody gets really aroused. And I'm like, no, it's so nerdy. <laughs> it is so nerdy. But uh, yeah, we have like over 10,000 subscribers and it's been great. That's, I, I just, can I just ask real quick? How do you choose to be a swallowologist? Like, how does someone, I've, I've thought about this, like when people are in medical school or like, I'm going to go to medical school, or maybe you don't even know, maybe it was even before medical school that you figured this out. But how how do you say, I'm going to focus on the mouth and throat and be a swallowologist? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So all speech pathologists deal with generally the mouth and throat and the brain because we deal with speech and language and feeding and swallowing. But Speech pathologists are trained in both of them, whether you're education, so you find them in a school system helping Johnny say S better, all the way to people who are neurodivergent and maybe they have some autism and have issues with social language, et cetera, all the way to speech pathology related to medical. If you're medical, you're going to end up dealing with a lot of people with cognitive issues, so dementia, and feeding and swallowing, because so many medical things lead or end, that road ends in swallowing problems. And ev almost every patient we deal with is like, wait a minute. I came in here with a stroke and now I can't eat. Like nobody's walking in there going, they're like, oh, I might not be able to talk. I might not be able to walk, but nobody thinks I might not be able to swallow. And 15 million people have a swallowing problem. So in one wow. year, you swallow 525,600 times. Just like the song, you swallow every minute because you're constantly swallowing your saliva. That doesn't even include your food. And so suddenly you can't even swallow your saliva and we are the people who step in. Whoa. So grateful for you. <laughs> I, I kind of wish that we didn't have to go and talk about oral sex because I have so many like, other yeah, questions. I'm like, yeah. whoa. And we probably need a two-hour podcast yeah. because of all of your credentials. I was like, holy shit. Like, series. Queen, <laughs> this is amazing to have someone just at your level um, speaking to us on the level. That's some, something that is important. Oral sex is important. And I have questions about like the uvula right now <laughs> and the tonsils when your tonsils get removed, what? like if that affects stuff. Yeah, stuff we're and <laughs> but we're not there yet. Maybe we'll get there um, because I do have so many other questions. And also like mouth sleeping, like if you sleep with your mouth open, <laughs> I've heard so many th 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 that affects like your I think like your digestion and whatnot. Anyway, but I have all these questions. So may maybe I can ha have a private consult with you about. <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually not. I'm a closed mouth sleeper, but um, thankfully. Too. But yeah. I heard like people having to tape their mouth shut. Or it could change over time. Or it can change over time. So, but anyways, getting back to sex, everyone. So back <laughs> to sex, because being a swallowologist and I, I'm so impressed with your work that you're doing outside of talking about sex. So thank you for that. But when we're talking about oral sex, particularly deep throating and swallowing, this is something mm -hmm. people talk about all the time. They want to know more about why are those two things so popular and why are people into it? Yeah. So a lot of times people don't recognize how important the oral cavity is in terms of the amount of sensation that goes to your brain. Your tongue is like the coral reef of the ecosystem. The coral reefs are 
the most diverse e uh, part of our ecosystem, right? Your tongue has more sensory nerves and more diverse kinds of information that goes to your brain. Think of it this way. If you put something in your mouth that's just a slightly bit too granular for you, your brain will say, ew, 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 gross, and spit it out. If you put it between your fingers, the next possible sensitive place in your body, you might not even be able to detect it. So your body, your tongue, and your oral cavity is specifically designed so that you can get all the mouthfeels, all the taste, etc. And as a result, sexual experiences follow, right? It's not by accident that we are hardwired to need to eat food that tastes good. And by virtue of that, we end up with nutrition. We generally seek something that is good to eat. And it turns out it has vitamin D that before humans even knew what vitamins were, we were staying alive by eating things that tasted good. And we used our mouths to explore the world, just like babies do. Adults don't stop using their mouths to explore the world. They just do it with different things. And this is a great example of how we do that. So Did you use vitamin D on purpose right there, <laughs> by the way? I was like, wait a second. Hey, I, you know, sometimes my credentials, it just crosses into other domains, right? Yeah. But yeah, a little vitamin D goes a long way. And yeah. so obviously, uh, and by a long way, I literally mean deep throating. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Perfect. So that's why we're we have oral fixations. They don't go away just like anal and everything else. We just replace them with other kinds of things. Chewing gum, sucking dick. It's the same idea. Mm, I love that. Yes, this is awesome. I'm so excited for everything else you have to say. Right I know. <laughs> well, I've thought about the oral fixation thing too. And um, I know that some of the things like when there's like, you know, kids that are thumb suckers, I was actually one of them, but that was more an anxiety issue. That is was like, jaw I'm, clenching? Is that part? Yeah, is that Because I, I have that. I do that. I do too. So okay. it's called bruxism. And it's okay. just one of the many ways that we sort of manifest anything in our body that is problematic or that we have tension about. Sometimes it's uh, people bite their fingernails, right? Sometimes people uh, flutter their eyes. We are all neurodivergent in a way. It's just the scale of where you and I are is technically socially acceptable. We're not slapping our arms, but humans always do something to make sense of the mental things they can't really cope with. And for mm -hmm. me, for me, for instance, it's jaw clenching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I do it all the time. I, I'm think like, my, oh, I have a newer version of that. Yeah, thumb sucker as a kid, or like I did a yeah. hair twirl too, but like yeah. my thumb sucker or like finger picker. I was, a biter. I was a biter. Do you, I don't twirl my hair, but I and I don't suck my thumb anymore. <laughs> it did pull my upper okay. jaw way forward. And I had to have a headgear and a neck gear, everyone. I was a really cool kid back yeah. in the day. Yeah. I don't even know if they do those anymore. But um, and then I moved from nail biting and thumb sucking to just finger like a picking thing mm -hmm. of the skin, which I watched yep. my dad and I'm like, you're doing it too. I'm turning into you. But anyways, not about Amy. Um, and yeah, it was coping. I can look back at it. It was, it was anxiety for sure. Like, yeah. And not knowing how to deal with it. And if I, if I pick up my fingers now, I know it's because I'm anxious, sometimes bored, yep. but yep. usually anxious. So, And sometimes uh, being bored, the absence of stimulation gets replaced with it. And sometimes the excess of stimulation gets placed, replaced with yeah. it. So, so, that's, so that's why people start smoking because it's, exactly. it's almost, oh, okay, that uh -huh. makes sense. Or like people drink, always need a drink in their hands to sip when on. When I'm at a something. party or something, I do. And and yeah. and I'll, I'll be like, whoa, all of a sudden, because so like, it makes you feel better, you know, or a cup of coffee or yes. Okay. I, we have, And we have other questions, but does anyone not have oral fixation? She said is every human. Every, so everyone not has so oral actually have oral aversion, which in a sense is kind of a fixation because you're fixated with not having any sensation, right? Ah. Um, so people with oral aversion, so for instance, if an infant is born with no issue to their mouth or neck, but they have a heart surgery, so they're not allowed to take anything by mouth and they bypass that period where they're doing all that stuff with their mouth. Oh. Then you walk in the room with a tray of food and they're throwing up at the spot of food. So then we have oh. to spend so much time trying to get them to be okay with anything touching their mouth. We're usually that age. We're trying to get things out of their mouth, but they miss that critical window where oral 
stimulation and exploration is important. Wow. Yeah. That makes, that make, that that totally makes, makes sense. total sense. Yeah. Wow. wow. Okay. Interesting. Maybe that that's actually helpful for us because we've, we've met a lot of people who are like not bringing back to oral sex, you know, and I know that a lot of people are not into oral sex and, or have aversions an aversion to oral sex or deep throat or something for other reasons, which we're actually going to get to get to right now. And yeah. you're talking about something that could stem from childhood. Um, which mm-hmm. I haven't even thought about. So why do you think so many people have issues with or aversion to oral sex, deep throating and and or swallowing um, and, and swallowing? I'm going to speak to like, you know, come of some sort of yeah, fluids yeah, yeah, from yeah. someone's body. Yeah, well, it's twofold. So there is a psychosocial component, which is we should not be doing this. So my whole family is Jamaican and my parents would say things like, we don't believe in reform sex. Reformed sex is what they would say, right? <laughs> so we have these old Jamaicans who's a pastor, like he's 80, like no way, right? So there's a there's a social component to it. Um, but there's also a physiologic component, right? In the same way that someone might have vaginismus or something like that, where they their body actually says in and has this protective response. Like keep this out of it. It's a foreign object. Some people can't even brush their own tongue without gagging. And so some of that lifelong aversion makes them say, I just don't do well with things in my mouth that aren't properly chewed and I'm super picky that way. They may actually be what we call super tasters, right? So super tasters are people who have more papillae on their tongue. It's a genetic predisposition. They taste more infinitely brighter, right? And they they have mouthfeel, they can taste and everything. Sort of like someone major perfect vision, like 1620 vision or something like that. So everything's like an HD in their mouth. And so for those people, they might actually really um, revel in it and be like, oh, I love all the information coming to my body. And for some people like, I cannot enjoy this because there's so much stimulation in my mouth, right? So because we don't have a great way to test oral sensation in healthy, normal people, the very first time your mouth will ever get tested for its natural sensory um, index, if you will, is if you have a problem, right? You go to your primary care physician, they take a tongue depressor, they make you gag and they go, all right, and they walk off. Speech pathologists do oral testing, but it's because they have a suspected problem. But for the most of us, we don't know how sensitive we are. So it's possible that you got some people, whoever, who's really oral avergent, averse, they have issues with just sensation in general. Like they don't like bananas. A spoon can't be this size. And there's no way for us to know it until a dick is, they're confronted with a dick and then they're like, they're the weirdo. It's like, no, you're not the weirdo. You've actually always had this. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. That, that is, it's mind blowing. So this, this HD tasting thing is really <laughs> mind blowing because you know, steroids. I, I, well, I've always, has, have you ever played that game where someone asks you, like, if you had to remove one of your senses, which one would you choose oh, yeah. and taste and smell would be so hard for me because they're related, so related, right? If you are congested in your sinuses or you have nasal congestion, a lot of times your taste goes away and I'm like, oh, I can't taste this amazing. So April, Ooh. actually, what it is, is flavor is a combination of pure taste and smell. If you have pure taste, you can't, it is because it's just like table salt, it has no smell. You sprinkle it on your tongue, you taste salt, right? If you mm-hmm. smell something and don't taste, that is pure smell. It's the combination of that makes flavor. And so mm-hmm. when you block one off, you suddenly get either smell or taste. And that's why you're like, I can't taste, but actually you don't have flavor. Wow. Okay. So about that, because I think in the back, was it you? I think in the back in the day when you didn't like putting your mouth on the cock, you didn't. Well, I had trauma around oral. So I think it was a different person. So they didn't have their mouth on the cock. So trauma is one thing. Of course, I don't think that was, but they didn't like the actual like skin on skin. Oh no, that was was something, but like the taste of just having skin in their mouth was Yep. like kind of disgusting to them. And that yep. might also just be like from then cultural you, upbringing. You could too, solve but... that with flavored lube if you wanted to solve it. 
Yep. So you can confuse your senses really quickly. So that's a good tip that there. So what's different? What I describe with flavor, those are what we call special senses. You know, when you go to kindergarten and they say, what are your five senses? And they say vision, smell, taste, hearing, touch. Touch is not a special sense. It's actually balance. And that's located in your ears. Touch is a general sense. It's all over your body. It's vibration. It's pressure. It's temperature. You have that everywhere. And your mouth has has more than one. It has taste and it has uh, general. So you can have a cotton ball that has no taste and you can tell, describe its sensation. Some people who have the skin on skin, that is a general sensation issue. It has nothing to do with taste. But to your mm-hmm. point, you can use taste to confuse the general with the special, right? Mm-hmm. So now your taste buds are thinking about sending taste information to your brain and you're not like, ooh, but the skin. So yes, a taste lube would definitely help with that as well as people who gag a lot because their body's like this is a foreign object so if you confuse it to be food then you can confuse your central nervous system into enjoying it mm-hmm. so that was a question that we have about the gag reflex uh re- reflex yeah not reflex um but also you just kind of reassured whenever people play that game i always say take away my touch because i'll feel with other parts of my body and i'm like yeah it's like so turn the- down the radio i can't see yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I feel good about that. So if you have a powerful gag reflex, which I actually do, I'm one of those, one of those folks out there that brushes my teeth. And if I go too back, um, too far back in my mouth and my tongue, I do start to gag. And, um, with oral, I like gagging isn't that bad. A lot of times it can, it can, it can stimulate more saliva to flow. Uh, So what do you, what do you think if if you have someone that does have a severe gag reflex, should they stay away from oral or what, what do you, what do you suggest? So it really depends. Um, is it psychosomatic? Because you can initiate a gag without any sensation on your on your mouth. Just the thought of something, you watch a movie, something gross happens, something's touched you, but you're grossed out, so you gag at the thought of that. Some people gag because they need an actual stimulus on their mouth that sends it to their brain, says, hey, we don't like this, please do something, eject it, right? If you don't know which yours is, uh, then it's hard to really say. But at the end of the day, again, con- confuse the central nervous system enough so that it gets replaced with one thing versus the other, right? Have you guys been lasered? Like, you know, you get your bikini, you know, they have that cold air that's to confuse you from the pain. Mm, So it's not like cold makes the hair come out better or you confuses your hair follicles. It just makes you tolerate it better. So if you're saying for somebody like you, the toothbrush alone is a problem, then you're probably somewhere where that button is pushed back there. You're like, Oh, shut the gates, shut the gates. You're probably not someone who's stressing over it. If you were somebody who's stressing over it, relaxation is an important technique, right? So that means that you probably want to engage in things that you know you naturally are okay with. It doesn't take away your consent. Like some people like to have a glass of wine. Some people like need to have a hit of weed or something like that, just because they're like, I would do this anyway, but I make sure I'm strategic when with when it happens, just like getting an ibuprofen before you start getting really bad cramps. You're like, I'm not going to wait till I'm in the throes of belly pain. I'm starting to feel it. Let me get the ibuprofen now so it sort of coincides with it, right? So it's a matter of when you do your mind relaxation technique, if it's really mental. Now, if it's really purely peripheral, like anything at this part of my tongue will make me gag, then it's, again, confusing different kinds of senses, confusing it with high arousal. The more aroused you are, the less you think of it. So if you are using a vibrator at the same time, you're probably also confused by how amazing it feels. And hopefully that pain pleasure do... Um, duo helps you to enjoy both of them. Now you have more sensation, you're more lubed and a little gagging goes a long way because when you gag, it's a different kind of saliva than what's in your oral cavity. In your oral cavity, you have a thinner 
liquid, more like water um, from your salivary glands. But if it comes from the back of your throat in that area, then it's much more viscous and it's intentional because it's meant to get something out of there and slide it out just like a water slide, right? So the idea is that that can actually be a barrier between your skin and the skin of the penis. Um, and so as a result, you might not feel it quite as much. So um, one thing is to really think about what's the source of this? Is it me getting anxious? And sometimes I'm just so easy to gag that if I see something gross, I throw up. In which case, you got to get to your central nervous system. Do something to relax. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's arousal. But if it's really a peripheral system, like if you touch this part of my body, I'm going to react. Then you want to confuse that part of your body. I love this idea of confusing because we talk about how the brain is our largest sex organ all the time on the show. Um, and so we're working with the brain and it's like confusing, reframing, reprogramming because we kind of are just walking computers, working on a program. And then we can hopefully learn how to re reprogram if we want to. Create right. A general pathway. That's like, yes, and especially if it's feeling problematic. I mean, the extreme is you're talking about folks with like Alzheimer's or something that forgot how to swallow. And then uh, but we're talking about like the, you know, the, the shinier side of like sucking a cock or putting your mouth on a pussy or other other bits. Um, and so, so that's, I like that. I've never heard it that way though, confusing your brain. Um, and I can think of that in so many aspects of my life where I've implemented something to do that, but I didn't realize it was that. I'm like, I'm just trying to confuse my brain right now. And this, let's make this a game. Yeah. So I, and yeah. also let's not forget the fact that when somebody has an issue with providing oral sex to somebody with a vulva, there's nothing back there that's triggering that because then you couldn't yeah. even like touch your teeth for, for fear of gagging. And the gag reflex is not going to be that forward. It's going to be when your tongue starts to curve and there's danger of something going over the cliff, if you will. That's when it's like, whoa, 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 danger. But at the front of your mouth, you don't gag. Otherwise, you couldn't put a glass to your mouth without gagging. So if that is your issue, it's generally psychosomatic, right? It's this idea that, ooh, there are smells, there are sensations, there are things I don't like, in which case those individuals are and, you know, a little bit more ashamed because they don't want to turn their partner off because that's like, oh, I'm grossed out by it. Whereas a lot of people who own penises, they're kind of turned on like, yeah, I made, made, made that person gag. It was so big, blah, 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 blah. Right. So it's also important to be mindful that sometimes the gag reflex can interfere with the sexual nature of something such that you feel like you're um, tur saying you're turned off by somebody and you're not. Your body just is trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Can we just hang out with you all the time? I love it. <laughs> I know you're busy. Uh, and so a lot of your work, you have this other side that you're working on, which is with the sexual side. But a lot of your work is kind of more of like the science, the research behind that. So let's, before we do more on the fun sexual side, um, let's talk about the science of swallowing. So what are some key points that we should know or listeners should know about how it all works from your perspective as an, ex with, as an expert in swallowing or swallowologist? Yeah, sure. So essentially the goal of swallowing is to ensure that you get things into your stomach that will keep you alive, right? Be it fluids or be it food. That Everyone kind of understands that. But really what's important is that swallowing is, is a weird process where you're both taking things in and keeping things out at the same time. So you probably swallowed something went down the wrong way, right? That wrong way is only the wrong way for a second. Other than that, it is your breathing tube and you want it to be open. It's basically your larynx and your trachea. Your job is to get your food into your esophagus and your stomach. And so there's a very tight coordination between closing things off that don't go down the wrong path while opening things up that should go down the wrong path, at the right path. And so that is usually the critical thing about swallowing that people don't understand, that 99.9% .9 of the time, people who swallow normally do it perfectly, except for those two times when you're on a date that you're like, really embarrassed by and that like, the, the champagne goes the wrong way and you're like coughing like crazy and you remember those because they're so like 
flagrant, right? Uh, so swallowing is something that you should take for granted. You should not be thinking about it. It is a background activity that you don't want to think about. And then when it's a problem, it's all you ever think about. Yeah. So that, and we sw- as I said before, you swallow every minute. You're swallowing saliva all the time to just keep your system moist. It's like blinking for, to prevent corneal dryness. You blink all the time. Then suddenly you can't blink and that's all you can think about. In fact, if I say, don't blink, you're like, I must blink now. <laughs> Same thing with swallowing. Don't swallow. Like suddenly every bit of saliva must be swallowed. This I second, just swallowed right? because you said that. So yeah, exactly. It's, it's like yawning. Nev- yes. Yeah. It's, it's like I never tell people what I do over Thanksgiving dinner because suddenly I'll have 10 clients. They all have swallowing problems on their next bite. Oh, oh no. <laughs> you planted a seed in their brain without trying exactly. to do it. Oh, yeah. No. Billionaire forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's, uh, oh my God. Okay. There's, I mean, once the brain gets online, you're kind of little sweet. So I have tinnitus now since, or since late February. And yeah, so I've gone to ear, nose, throat, doctor, mouth, throat. Anyways, they're, yeah. So they're like, you know, so constant ringing one of my ears after some sweat and hot Pilates dripped in my ear just suddenly happened. Anyways, they're like, once your ears hear it, they're you're like your brain or once your brain notices it, it's really hard to unnotice. And so it's like a, a process of habituating to it and it might go away too. Uh, but you're talking about that with swallowing. It would make sense. Like the minute you notice, and so bring it back to sex, but also not. So we were doing the research side of it or the more the medical side. Once you notice, I have a problem swallowing, then your brain kind of gets stuck on it and then it becomes a problem because, I mean, so maybe you didn't even have a problem have to start been, with. So, well, I, yeah. No, go ahead first, because I want to say something about when, yes, please, Ianessa, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no yes. problem. No. So basically your body is filled with functions that it doesn't, the lower parts of your brain just want you to get out of its way. The higher part of your brain is like, what y'all doing? What y'all doing? I'll just <laughs> fucking shit up all the time, getting in the way. And the lower center is like, we got this. We know how to breathe without you. We know how to blink without you. We have all of our reflexes in place. And once your cortex gets involved and starts messing around with the brainstem and stuff, then now it's overthinking everything that it was doing in the background, right? And swallowing is a reflex. Gagging is a reflex. A lot of things that we do are reflexive and they need to be there. That way, if we pass out, we don't stop breathing. In fact, oftentimes kids are like, I'm going to hold my breath. And it's like, go ahead, little Johnny, because your brain is going to kick in and you're going to wake up over here and you're still going to eat that damn broccoli. Go ahead. Hold your breath. I don't care. It's like once, you, once your mom's a neuroscientist, it's like, okay. Yeah, you're going to yeah, eat that broccoli. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're eating the broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> I just think about this because it is so, the psychosomatic piece of it. I think that you said, uh, Dr. Humber, which, which, um, and it, so I've been, with new partners, for instance, where uh, they were sleeping and and I was like, don't swallow, don't swallow. They're going to hear you swallow. Then it looks like you're nervous. And I got in my head and then I was like, I'm going to swallow. I'm going to swallow. Oh no, I'm swallowing. And then I'm like, I'm going to swallow again. Oh, they can hear everything. And I'm like, it's like this mind fuck. And I go into this cycle and I, I never knew how to get out of it because I just thought, well, maybe I'm just nervous, but they could hear everything. But I love the fact that it is just, it's a reactive, I guess it's a reaction. It's a reflex. So you're just, it it's like the knee tap and you're, and, and, and your body yep. reacting to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just yep. too highly focused on it. I've totally had that same. Have experience. you had that? Okay. Totally. Good. 100%. I, have like you ever had Dr. Humbert? Please tell me yes, that. Absolutely. Okay, Everyone good. does. In fact, when you, to your point about the knee jerk, when you go to a physician and they hit your patellar tender, which they're the part of your knee that they want to stretch to see if you have that reflex, they usually ask you a question because now that you're staring at your leg, it's not going to work because your stupid higher center brains are like, it's going to hit it any second. It's coming. <laughs> and then it doesn't work. It's like, oh, so where do you work? Bam. And then you're like, ah, oh, shit, you've got me. And they have to do that to separate your systems that want to fight mm. oh okay wow and so, that's okay. why that's why arousal to your point about the brain it starts between your ears when you can get between my ears you can get between my legs 
Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. If you can get my brain to focus on the parts that matter and not be anxious about having orgasm or anxious about gagging or anxious about anything, then we can calm down. And that's often why women sometimes can take longer to get around to it, not just because blood fills up more slowly in our clitoris, but also because we're often in our heads. Well, I second that and third that because I know I am. <laughs> um, so that's a great tip. And that's our next, our listeners love tips and tricks, especially when it comes to oral. I can already tell this episode is going to be a really good one top and it. people are going to love it. So what are some of your top tips besides that one? Because that's an excellent one um, for how people can up their oral game. If they want to up their deep throating game or their swallowing game or all three, what do you, what do you suggest on top of those pieces? Right. So one thing to remember is that if we're, let's just, we've already talked the gag reflex. Let's talk about when gag is not an issue anymore. A lot of times what the body needs is it needs constant stimulation, but it needs some variable stimulation, right? So if you uh, take any part of your body and rub it exactly the same way over and over, your body starts to habituate to it, just like you were talking about with your hearing. And so what happens is you're not, you don't feel it anymore. I don't feel the socks I put on this morning. You know why? Because my brain is smart enough to not think about it so I can go and have some breakfast for fuck's sake. Like if I'm stressed about my socks, then I have OCD, right? Mm -hmm. So what you want to do with the oral cavity is you want to apply as much variable sensation until, of course, they instruct you to keep doing that because they're close. But until they're close, generally, it's a variable kinds of stimulation that leads somebody to arousal faster, right? Your brain's wired to detect change, not to detect the same thing. That's why until something flashes before your eyes, you don't even remember where you are. Like, oh, shit, where am I? You need change. And then that constant information of change often lets the brain realize, oh, I'm really tuned into this warmness I'm feeling now. So that's one important thing. The other important thing is that if you're not aroused by it, the enthusiasm may not transfer to your partner. A lot of times seeing somebody who's basically ravenous for you in an oral sense gets you excited to the point where you're like, holy shit, I feel like I'm watching porn, but it's on me. This is so weird. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people talk about the fact that enthusiasm is so, it's just like infectious. You know, you see a bunch of people laughing, like, why are we laughing? Why are we laughing? Because your brain wants to be involved in what other people are doing. There's something called mirror neurons in your brain, which when somebody else is doing something, the parts of your brain that would be involved in doing it are active, even though you're not doing it. So if you see somebody jumping or walking, the parts of your brain that would be involved in walking partly are involved. So if somebody's actually really aroused and excited and they're not just like, when's this going to be over, then you're more likely to get involved. So enthusiasm is the best thing to do. Forcing oral where you don't like it is like, you know, me eating beets. I can't stand beets. I keep wanting to like them. My body doesn't like them. I've just, I've given up on beets. Some people might (laughs) want to give up on form of sex that they just don't like. And because oral sex has this sort of risque thing to it, people sometimes feel like they have to like it to be sexual beings and they don't have to like it. They can probably learn to like it if there was less pressure to like it. But in the current context that it has to be done or else you're not a good sex partner, you may never because then the anxiety comes in, right? So if you find yourself creeping towards somebody's genitals with your oral cavity because you just want to be there, they're probably going to sense how much you want to be there. So give yourself time to enjoy it the way you want to and be less performative and more pleasure-centered. 
Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And if you, if I had trauma, which we talked about a little bit, which I'm not going to get into that deeply, but I had trauma around someone forced me to give them oral when I was 15. And so I was, re- it was really hard for me because I would get back into that space and I want to speak to anyone out there. So I would be pretty refuse refusal. I'd had, ref- I-, I would refuse anyone for years and years until I felt safe enough with them. And I felt comfortable enough that I was not going to be, I guess, violated. Uh, That's yeah, a violation. Vi- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically to be That's completely violated. Like, it really no, is. It, it was. People take it lightly. And, like and it, took a, it took down. a while. And I was wondering if I would ever be a person that just wouldn't give oral. And so I don't want to tell anybody what to do out there. I will say though, if there is a time and a space where you do feel safe enough to ask, maybe you can just just dip a toe in and see how it feels and and then take it day by day from there. That's what I did. And, and maybe that's um, a practical yeah. tip. Maybe you are just dipping a toe in their mouth. Maybe it's about a non-sexual thing in their, in somebody's mouth. Maybe it's a finger. Maybe yeah. it's an earlobe. That's Maybe smart. it's a toe. Yeah. Maybe it's something. It's like, okay, I can work my way over to something else. I love that. Again, that's it's about confusing one. the central nervous system because you know you want to be there, but you're like, why can't I let go of what happened to me? Because as you know, trauma lives in the body and it's our job to relearn coping strategies. That same powerful brain that got you to the place where you are averse to something is the same powerful brain that can walk you away from it. But you just have to give yourself time and permission to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, and then, well, actually, we're going to get into this later. Was there a couple? I think you said there was four or did I misinterpret that, the, the tips you wanted to share? Um, Oh, uh, there was something I was going to add to variable practice. And one thing is that it's not just about because there are parts of your um, under your chin is called a submental area. It gets very sore. Its job is to both hold the tongue in a position while opening your jaw and moving parts of the bones in your neck known, known as the hyoid bone. When that part of your mouth is very active, you can get tired quickly. Right. And so Oftentimes, people don't realize how much using their hands helps the partner. When you're when the penis is very wet and you come off for a bit and you use your hands and then you go back with your mouth, they're getting that variable sensation, but also you're giving yourself a break in the process. And there's nothing wrong with that because the nervous system likes that variable experience. So that's just another tip for keeping the oral cavity from being super stressed um, and such that you can't really enjoy it because you're kind of in pain. Time for a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors who just so happens to be our absolute favorite lube, UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious silicone lubricant and it enhances intimacy. It's there when you want it and it blends in when you're done with it. So you have control over that lube. It's long lasting and leaves the skin extra velvety. And honestly, y'all, I want it all over my body. Thousands of doctors in the U.S. are recommending UberLube to their patients. It's body-friendly, less likely to change the pH, and it has vitamin E, so it feels extra moisturizing. There's a reason why we've been a fan of UberLube for years. There's no flavor or scent. It's even great for oral sex, everyone. But it's not just great for sex. You can use it for massage, your hair. You can prevent chafing. It even brings out the colors of your beautiful tattoos. And the bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it anywhere shamelessly for easy access. Just go to uberlube.com and use the discount code SHAMELESS10 to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS10 for 10% off and free shipping. 
This podcast is also brought to you by OMGS.com. Join over 1 million people who are experiencing more pleasure with OMGS. They take scientific research of thousands of vulva owners showing techniques to pleasure that pussy. They turn this research into tasteful educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Want to take your orgasms from good to out of this world? Then check out OMGS. Or if you're a vulva lover and want to up your pussy pleasuring skills, then you need to check out OMGS. I've personally been recommending OMGS to my clients for years, and it's completely changed their lives. They have three seasons, external pleasure, internal pleasure, and sex toys. It's not a subscription service, and you don't need to download a thing. OMGS also makes a fabulous gift, and your purchase supports more pleasure research. So just go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. The link is in the episode's description. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's 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 interesting. Too. There's so many like interesting key points here, and I like what you said. So that's something that we've also referenced as well. Um, and like, obviously, we need to like take a break, press pause, slow down. If our bodies are in pain, and then we're because we're distracted by them, now we're not being present, which is kind of one of our best sex tips over here. Is like show up for the event, um, you know, emotionally and energetically. And so many of us, I think most people have been distracted during sex a number of times, uh, if not 5 million. Um, so yeah, so there's the the part of like, it's okay to press pause, slow down, say, hey, I'm really uncomfortable so I can like come back to this. And a lot of times, yeah, like head, neck, um, throat, mouth, all these things. I mean, this is why we don't recommend any numbing sprays or lubes for oral. Um, Please don't one, actually. It's problematic no. because you are, what you're doing to your free, those nerve endings is you're telling them to turn off artificially. It's much better for them to be in place and just, it's sort of like sunglasses versus let me just put on, let me just jab my eye because the sun is too much. Why would you <laughs> don't touch your eye? Just mask it. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the difference. And in fact, those nerves need to be in place for when there really is some protective response. The reason you gag or can swallow is because sensory information was received that needs to be responded to. You are now blocking the body's capacity of sensory information, both during sex and non-sexual activities where they need to save your life and literally save your neck from a foreign object. So you don't yeah. want to condition those nerves to the point where they can't function for a life-saving behavior. Yeah. And the same goes for anal, everyone. Yes. The ass. If you're going to do any anal play, don't numb it. And you know, they, I mean, you're doing it because you want to have an experience, right? So be there for the experience or don't do it. Uh, but your body needs to be able to tell you if something's what painful. What is numbing good? Uh, I, except I mean, at the dentist. Is it good? Oh, yeah. For those kind of for, things. Or, yeah, surgery. Is, is, <laughs> because I just, Absolutely. I'm curious. Yes. Yeah. So there can be all kinds of reasons why topical anesthetics are useful or injected ones. And they're typically for procedures. Some people have a cold sore. I mean, you can go to CVS and they have a little bit of a numbing agent on there for that, for or like a canker sore. They do have a little bit. But the, the amount that you've been using in your throat where those sensitive um, aspects are is uh, is really quite different. Now, on that note, when we talk about this, the other thing to remember is that, first of all, let's talk about deep throating and this idea that the space between your lips Let's imagine your mouth is crammed right into this person's abdomen. Like you are, as your lips are practically on this person. The, even an erect penis doesn't go all the way from the level to your lips to your, think about how far back your throat is, right? You're beyond six inches. Okay. And then somehow the tip is going to turn 90 degrees down into your neck. What you're doing mm -hmm. is you're jabbing 
that area. It's not like it's turning down, right? So when we do oral screenings and, and dental hygienists do, we can tell who's had head recently because there's bruising back there from all oh, that jet. No way. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, you take wow. a pen light, take a pen light. You can see their soft palate or they're, they're just behind that, the posterior pharyngeal wall. They the, know the everything about us. <laughs> I mean, we don't say anything. We don't, it's shameless sex podcast, yeah. right? We want to be, you know, we're here to clean your teeth. We're not here to... Yeah, I'm going to go give a blowjob every time before I go to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, But yeah, Deep seriously, you just go on Amazon, get a pen light, and you can see, track your own progress. And you can actually see where things are actually hitting up against. And remember that there are things called throatgasm, right? So for some people, the reason they enjoy it so much more is because they have that craving because the same nerve that innervates the lower parts of your body, the vagus nerve, has to pass through your throat. It also sends sensor, gets sensory information and tells muscles to move in your voice box, your larynx, and in your throat. It's the same nerve. It just branches off differently. So there are many women who've had like spinal cord injury. They don't have any sensation below the waist, but they experience orgasm at the level of the throat. So some people actually have that kind of wiring where it works. So the numbing can sometimes keep you from having those experiences because you're just trying to block it all off. And maybe you're somebody who could experience pleasure. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's just so, so insightful. And then the, the throat gasms we've talked about too before about like, was the movie Deep Throat, which was like highly yeah. traumatic for the yeah. actress that was in, involved yeah. in this. And, but I, and I think you get confused because you're saying it's not, it's not all people can have throat gasms, although because the brain is our largest sex organ, we could probably do a lot of work to reprogram to have a, a, an orgasm via something in our mouth or, um, you know, touching our throat, just like, you know, people can learn to have armpit gasms and nipple gasms and belly you know, buttons. Yeah. Belly gasms. Toes. Yeah. I have a orgasm from April just touching the inside of my hand. So, but, but, but when usually doesn't happen overnight can take work. So I yeah. love all of this, like this variety here. So I would like to just bring it to, um, something a lot of people who are listening are probably like, I'm really wondering about this. I want to bring it to jizz and come because <laughs> yeah, we yeah, did talk about, about like an aversion the skin on skin or like or maybe something being in your throat and the gag reflex but what if i just don't like come in my mouth like something about the taste the feeling of of it in my Texture. mouth or the swallowing part of it like something about it going in my stomach grosses me mm -hmm. out or something like what what like what do i do with that what is that all about well so there are a couple things one is that it doesn't necessarily it tastes like bodily fluids right it's just like anything else. Some people like to swallow pee. We all used to swallow pee. That's what our amniotic fluid is. So mm -hmm. anyone who says they didn't swallow pee, they're lying because in order to be born, you had to have swallowed pee. You all pee right. and you swallow, and that's called amniotic fluid. Now, afterward, some people actually enjoy in, uh, tasting other people's urine, right? It's really a, just a matter of what you enjoy. If you don't like come in your mouth, you have a couple of options, which is tell the, your partner, don't come in my mouth. Like, tell me so I can get off of it and I'll finish you with my hand or whatever you need to do. The other option is to take it in the back of your throat. If you don't have a problem swallowing, but you just don't like to want to taste it. If you take it in the back of your throat, then what will happen is you will have what we call an irrepressible, irrepressible swallow. And I've studied this at Hopkins where I would actually put tubes all the way to the back of someone's throat and x-ray video squirting it right to the back of their throat. And every single person has an irrepressible swallow response. And the amount that I squirt is almost exactly the same amount of cum. So it's about a teaspoon, like five cc of, we call it barium. It's white, looks like milk, very similar, right? If you can take it in the back of your throat, you never taste it. It goes right back down. If you don't care about it being in your stomach, you're fine. If you do care, then you're a spitter. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you don't want to taste it, then don't take it in your mouth at all. The, the, the right. reason I don't like the idea of people having something else in their mouth at that time, like, oh, put a sugar lump in there, 
you, your body is so trying to manage too many things that might actually slip back and now you're choking on something. So just make the decision to not have something in your mouth besides the penis and uh, your swallow reflex will do its job if you haven't been numbing and it can take the sensation. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there are things like dietary wise that folks that are having ejaculate, not all the time, but uh, that can change the the viscosity and the taste of Absolutely. your ejaculate. So that yep. is a possibility to be like, yo, you yep. need to have more wheatgrass. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there are people who are allergic to cum. So, mm. and the reason I know this, because an allergist uh, professional conversation I had, she talks specifically, she uh, has the man, like oh, some women will say this actually, I think it's a, it's, it's a semen. So they take a sample of the semen and then they send it to the lab and they do find, okay, yes, you are actually allergic to it. So what oh, they right. do is they actually recondition just like any other allergy such that she can enjoy it. So there is a process for that. If you think you're allergic, you need to go to an allergist. But there's a process for managing that, too. Then you have tiny doses of yeah. your partner's uh, cum. Yeah. You're like, like microdose. Yeah. 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 You're like, OK, because you're building up the tolerance. That's what they do like for, for kids things. with peanut allergies. Yeah. They'll give them tiny, tiny little fragments. That's what the um, indigenous folks did with uh, on the West Coast for um, poison oak. Yeah. You would drink it in your tea to slowly mm-hmm. have your body build up an immunity. Yeah, so that went the opposite direction on me with honeybees. Now I have an allergy because I've been yeah. um, stung so many times. Yeah. But, where are we going? Like, do you have your EpiPen? Yeah. I, I have a question. It's just like total. Total side talk, but it was just, I mean, it's still about jizz. You've heard the, the thing about how it's good for your skin. Have you heard? I've about heard this? that. Which I'm like, a whole bunch of penis owners created this so they can come on. It's because they want to make a new spa for facials in a different industry, and <laughs> yeah. I'm I oppose it vehemently. Yeah, me too. You've never <laughs> heard or seen anything that's like I mean, legit I've about it being good so, for your skin. I don't know. I mean, people just be saying stuff. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. I mean, I why not? Your face, I mean, <laughs> but the thing is, if egg people used to put egg whites on their faces, masks, right? So, I mean, if it works for you do it. I mean, I've heard like no. mayonnaise. I have sensitive skin. I break out easily. So I'm like, hell no, do not ejaculate anywhere. You can on my tits. Fine. Eh, but not the face. Okay. <laughs> not the eye. Well, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. little crusty over time too. You're like put on your skin. And all of a sudden it's like people like flaky. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, different strokes for different folks. You do you everyone. So both literally and figuratively. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. We tell us about, there's uh, something called the gulp group. Okay. So tell us more about the gulp group. I'm assuming it's an acronym for something. Thing. Yeah, it starts, it stands for gaining understanding about lovemaking and physiology. And I created Gulp mm-hmm. with my best friend, Reba the Diva, Reba Thomas. She had a meeting called Sexology Summit here in Washington, D.C. She is a, uh, she has a top Salatio class in DC. So when you're a swallowologist and your best friend's a sexologist, you have to do a show. Like you don't have a choice. So that's our show. And uh, what we really love about it is the fact that we can, I can nerd out and give all the physiologic things. And she tells me all the sex stuff. And we end up, um, we don't have a yuck factor, right? So whatever somebody wants to talk about, we love. But we also get the opportunity to explain things from multiple lenses. And uh, that's why it's been such a great experience. I've learned a ton and so has she. And so, um, you know, we've been together on a lot of podcasts, but also we end up having this experience where people send us messages all the time asking, hey, on your show at time 1342, you said blah, 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 blah. And then I have to go back and see what did I say? And then try (laughs) to interact with the person. And we find that we get a lot more questions about sex and sexuality, just like on the Oprah Winfrey show, but not the Oprah Winfrey show, but on Love and Marriage. That happened because people feel like, oh, I feel like I can ask her this question in front of the United States. (laughs) 
You do help people feel comfortable. At least you help me feel comfortable. And I feel like you probably can, Amy can probably agree. So Gulp Group is on where anywhere podcasts are listened to, or is it on a specific platform? It's on YouTube. Yeah. It's on YouTube. YouTube And you you just go type in Gulp Group, uh, then you'll see the show is there. And so it's just us live in living color, color talking, well, not live, but in living color talking about various things related to sex and sexuality. We have guests, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. We'll check out the Gulp group. Oh, I don't really want to say goodbye to you, but that's rude because I know you have a life and you're a very busy human. (laughs) And I just want to express my gratitude for being on Shameless Sex and sharing way more information than just oral and swallowing. And I learned so much about, I think, just the physiology of things in in general that, that happen with the throat. And I probably will look at people swallowing for the next few days. I'm not going to lie. I'll be like, hmm, how are they? How are you swallowing? How are you salivating? Uh, so that go down, sir. How's that go down? Yeah. <laughs> so can you tell folks about um, your other offerings outside of Gulp Group, as well as how they can find you or work with you? Uh, anything else you have exciting on the horizon? Both involve my first and last name. So enessahumbert.com is where you can find a lot of basic things about swallowing and swallowing disorders. Patients, caregivers, clinicians, that's the best place to go. If you want to talk to me about career consulting, why a lot of speech pathologists now want to talk to me about, well, how do I get involved in sex and sexuality? Or if you are in need of intimacy coaching, then it's enessahumbertconsulting.com. So uh, one is a more professional thing for clinicians, for people with real swallowing disorders. And the others are for us who don't have a swallowing disorder, but want to talk about issues around swallowing and, and nice. Wow. Well, oh, wait, one last question. Socials? Oh, yes. Socials? Do you want anyone to follow yeah, you online yeah. and stalk yeah, yeah, yeah. you a so, little bit? Uh, yeah, on Instagram, it's again, first name, last name, Ianessa Humbert. I'm the only one on the planet. So I was like, why be fancy? And so you can find me there on Instagram. And there's a lot of, and Gulf Group also has a page. So you you can find us there and see some of our uh, videos, some of our tips. It's all there. No doctor in front of Ianessa Humbert, though. <laughs> no, no. Well, you like this thing. I was born so, with Ianessa. So yes. Okay. Well, when doctor- you're a world renowned. When you're a world-renowned swallowologist, like you don't need a doctor. <laughs> yes, I, I, I didn't think so. However, it's just always impressive because you have such a, an incredible laundry list of accreditation. You are a phenomenal and I really can't thank you enough. So thank you, Ianessa. And to all of our listeners out there, the shameless sex revolutionaries, I love you. I know Amy does too. We cannot be more grateful for each and every one of you that listen uh, every day. We do drop a new episode every Tuesday. And uh, I just want to encourage you, invite you, if you haven't done so, please rate us on iTunes and Spotify. It just helps more folks. This is a free resource. It helps more folks out there find Dr. Humbert, people that are helping people all over the world, not only swallow better, but that just uh, have information about their bodies that folks can't always access for free. So this is a resource for all of you anywhere, uh, hopefully that you can listen. And um, my love goes out to each and every one of you. So thank you. And we love five stars. And if you don't have time to write a review, just put like a squirrel emoji you or like a, a, a squirt yeah. emoji or a, a pickle. I don't know. Put, put an <laughs> O face emoji that the... the the little head with the O. Yeah. I, I like those. Good um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yes, that's all that that's all we have this week. And uh, we will see you next Tuesday for another episode of Shameless Sex, y'all. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, 
Use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com.